coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Broke up with a long-time boyfriend after 10 years and immediately found someone, met online. We decided that, we, you know, we were older adults, that we just wanted to get married and just get, move forward. Family, friends, all freaked out. No, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, my friends had an intervention. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, everybody, this is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Talking about your mental health, your marriage, your relationships, whatever you got going on in your life, your kids, the good stuff, the tough stuff, whatever you got, I'm here to sit with you and we will figure out what the next right step is. If you want to be on the show, real people going through real challenges, it's 1-844-693-3291. Give me a call, leave a message, and we'll holler back girl at you. I ain't no holler back girl. We'll holler back girl at you, and then we will um, get you on the show, and we'll figure out what comes next. Hey, don't forget, please, please, please run over and hit the subscribe and like button, and follow us on the Instagrams, at John Deloney. Um, All those little thank yous and the likes and the subscribe, all that makes such a huge difference for everybody. And don't forget... Money in marriage is coming up in October. It may be sold out by the time this thing gets out, but money marriage, go to uh, RamseySolutions.com slash marriage and go check it out. All right, let's go out to, oh, down the street, Nashville. Oh, this is Carly. I've been wanting to talk to Carly. Carly. Yes. <laughs> what is, I've been wanting to talk to you. We were scheduled to talk right before the snowpocalypse out here. And we need to figure this out, right? Absolutely. Yes, I know. It kind (laughs) of snowed us in, didn't it? Okay, so listen. I get like a couple of lines of a call. That's it. I don't get like the, I don't ever hear the message or I don't ever get like the full thing people write in. But the couple of lines I got in anticipation of our call was amazing. And then I wasn't able to talk to you. And so now... (laughs) <laughs> you went you went through with it and I can't wait to yeah. hear where everything is. All right, so bring us all up to speed. Um, so um broke up with a longtime boyfriend after ten years and immediately found someone, met online. We had this connection that was just amazing. Um for me being a Christian, it, I it was an like it, it was, was an AOL dial up connection. That's what it was. But go yeah. ahead. All right. Yeah, it was yeah. an amazing <laughs> um AT and T streaming connection. All right. So you connected yes. and then and then we we decided that we you know we are older adults that we just wanted to get married and just get, move forward. Uh, both of us being Christians, we felt that connection through the Holy Spirit, and we just knew that we were meant to be together. Oh no! And, uh, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And then. And then, so family, friends, all freaked out. <laughs> no, so, really? Yeah, my friends had an intervention. Um, <laughs> yeah, and good uh, for them. Good uh, for them. Uh, yeah, and I know it came from a place of love. My aunt, um, when we told her at Thanksgiving, was absolutely no, and I had to have strong conversation with her as well. And because uh, she acts as my mom figure, my mom passed away about eighteen years ago, so my aunt is my mom figure. And so, you know, it's just been kind of strained those relationships since. But far as uh, the the gentleman that I, met, that I met, you know, we did get married. Uh, I know we were supposed to talk actually right before the wedding, but we, you know, because of the snow apocalypse. We didn't. So we did get married and, you know, things are still just a little bit weird with the friends and family, but, you know, things are off to a great start. Um, What's his middle name? uh, Wayne. Where was he born? 
Uh, same small town as me. It, oh, gross. Uh, more, this is like yeah. Dawson's Creek. Yeah, uh, we grew up about, probably four miles apart from each other as children and didn't know. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Don't you ever so. watch Netflix? Like, don't you watch these murder mystery things? This yes, is how they yes. all start. I know, but I did his background check the second day. Um, <laughs> I mean, I went ahead, right. I background checked him. No, you're the one that's going to murder him. You background <laughs> checked him on day two? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, being a mental health professional, like I, I'm in a similar field. Okay. And so, you know, I've already done his psycho, uh, you know, social, like it just even with talking with him, seeing, you know, just for his past relationships, how that's, how, how it's formed his personality, uh, his geneogram. I've already kind of connected it. I you know, know well. but you also know, you know, yeah, if know. you went to grad <laughs> school, you know about confirmation bias. You yes, also know, that. know that you're not supposed to do diagnostic <laughs> testing and psychometric <laughs> mapping of your loved ones because it makes you that person. Yeah, I know. But I was trying to make sure that I was off to a good start. So no, you weren't. You were out. trying to make sure you had reason to justify this new powerful feeling after just... <sighs> what happened in your, in your tenure relationship? Um, we were off and on for several years. He would never commit because he wanted an open relationship and he basically wanted to go out and sleep with people outside of, um, our, our relationship. And well, that duh. was never okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that seems yeah. to be the cool thing these days, which geez Louise. Um, so that's a whole other call. Maybe we should take that call one day. All right. So yeah. <laughs> have you had a moment that's, it's very real and honest and true. Mm-hmm. on the 10-year relationship. Have you sat in that heartbreak yet? Yes. And you I probably have. were sitting in it for a year or two before you actually called it on the relationship. Fair? Yeah, I was. Or it was dead a long time ago. Right. Okay. Do you understand intellectually why your friends and family rushed to protect you from yourself? I do. Okay. All right. Like them doing, like, I, like them, I'm proud that you have those type of relationships because they rushed to stop you from doing something that statistically speaking has a very low probability of ending in anything other than heartbreak and hurt. Right. Right. So, and I think I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I think your friends are honorable is what I would say. Now, yeah. does that make it any easier? Like, you you know this in relationship counseling. Like, you always tell people, don't say something negative about that other person because they might stay together and they're never going to be able to forget what you said about their person, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um. All right, so here we are. You're married. Yeah. Is it blissful and wonderful? Vegas. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. We went to Vegas and... um and did it. It was just him and I, and which was awesome. Didn't have to worry about anything, you know. And so, yes, it was it was wonderful. Have you reconnected with your friends and your family? Uh, yes, um, family is a little bit still. Uh, it just feels a little forced, but I'm still just. You know, I'm trying to close my anxiety loop with it, and um, and then you know with my friends, it's still like I said, a little bit weird. But we're we're continuing to to get together and. And everything, I do need to probably just talk with them a little bit uh, coming up soon just to make sure that we're, our friendship is so good, you know. I think it would be really special for you to sit down with them and say, hey, I, wanna, I want um, 
to thank y'all for loving and caring about me so much that you were willing to risk our friendship to protect me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And what I did was crazy and I still think it's right. And this is where we are because you're smart enough to look at the, at the, at the, at the data, right? And you're smart enough to like, yeah. if one of your clients came in and was like, Hey, I just got out of this 10 year relationship and I found the one on the internet and I'm pretty yeah. sure Jesus set this up. You would be like, Ooh, okay. Right. That I mean, that yeah. would be all of our impulse. And yet oh, here, yeah. here you are. So I don't know. I think that would be a good bridge back to your friends. Cause here's, here's what I don't want you to do. Often couples who are together under, um, against the advice of the people in their world, uh-huh. you build this really tight connected bond over they don't understand. And it's, it's, it's an awesome way to form an initial identity and you end up on an Island and eventually mm-hmm. you go in the bathroom after he just destroys it. And you realize, oh, he's just a uh, dude like everybody else. Yeah. Or then he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you I was engaged once and uh, or twice, twice. Uh, a third time she said no. And you start finding these things out. Which, by the way, I've been married to the same person for 21 and a half years. And we dated okay. for five years before that. I still find things out. I'm like, What? She's like, yeah, the dog. We had another dog that was orange. She's like, what? Like, so open, keep your hands open. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I want you guys to make an effort to reach back out to those who have walked with you through chaos and chose to love you enough to say, don't do this, don't do this. And you went and did it anyway. And the line I always give my friends is, I'll tell you if I think that's stupid because you've invited me to yeah. that. And then when you do it, I'll sit with you <laughs> and whatever happens next. Right? So that's kind of where everybody is. Right. So how can I help? I just started talking. I was so excited to talk to you because the note I got said, like, long-term relationship, just met somebody new on the internet, getting married today. And I was going to tell you, no, but you did it. So I'll tell you now, (laughs) hooray, way to go. (laughs) Here we are, right? Yeah. Well, the main thing is just making sure that that I I build the right foundation for our marriage going forward. And you talking about ending up on the island because of that, of uh, isolating from my other friends, that that is important. So I don't want to do like a trauma response bond, you know, with him. But um, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something scary. Okay. You do not know him. Okay. You don't know him. You've seen him naked. You slept with him. You probably walked in the bathroom after he's been in there. Y'all went to Vegas together. Yeah. But you don't know that guy. And he doesn't know you. Okay. And so I think it's opening, keeping your hands that open. Learning a bunch of facts about somebody rarely means that you know them. And so keeping hands wide open. And I'm going to send you a whole bunch of our questions for humans cards just to give y'all some conversations to have that you never even thought about having. Okay. I'd recommend y'all read, uh, ask him. Here's something I just asked my wife, and I think it'd be perfect for you guys. I asked my wife. I'm going to tell you something that uh, is kind of embarrassing, has not not a lot to do with where you are, but we're going to land in a place I think would be really helpful for both of you. Okay? And I think this would be helpful to everybody out there who's married, whether it's been 30 years, 20 years, or one and a half days. Like, (laughs) like, y'all. Here it is. I... I was having this imaginary conversation with myself, which I do probably too often, but I especially do every year. And I thought, what are the two things that I say are the most important things in the world to me? I would tell you my faith and my wife, my family. Mm -hmm. 
And I also then thought, how much money to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of dollars have I put towards my PhD work, my graduate school, my master's degree work, my bachelor's degree work. So if I was to look at in the books that I read on a regular basis, the hours and hours and hours, I just read all the time in my, in my nerd research that I read, like the journal articles, my time and my money would tell a very different story about what's most important to me. Okay. And so I hired, um, like a, a guy who's a former theology uh, associate dean of a theology university. He, he's transitioned out and I hired him for a semester. And I said, I want you to write me a course and meet with me every week as though I'm one of your students. And we're going to do faith 101. I want to go back to the beginning and decide, land on a place that I can articulate what this means. And then I went to my wife and I told her what I just told you. I tell everybody in the world, the most important thing in the world to me is you. And yet I spend all my energy reading mental health books. And so I don't know the books that my wife reads. I don't understand those books. I don't know the podcast she listens to. I don't know the, I don't read all of her short stories that she read. So I asked her, I want you to make me a graduate syllabus of you. What books, what 10 or 15 books should I read that you and I can then go on a date and we can talk about? what they meant to me. And maybe the conversation is this book was so terrible. I wanted to set myself on fire as I read it. Give me 10 movies. Give me 10 albums. Give me 10 podcasts and begin to, like, I want to get to know you, the things that influence you, the things that bring you inspiration, the things that bring you joy. Um, and she lit up, was like, dude, I love this. And then she said, this is scary. Cause what if you come back and say, I don't like you. And I said, I'll, I'll never say that. I might say, I don't like your books. I don't like your podcast. Um, and she was like, well, I'm not going to go to Pantera with you still. And I was like, I know, I know this, it wasn't just a big ruse, but I wonder if you sat down with your, your new brand new husband and said, Hey, let's take a graduate course in each other. That would be neat. And let's just read the books that made you. Let's watch the movies that made each other. Let's read the podcast. Let's listen to the sermons. Let's do, let's get to know one another and keep, I think it's cool to put on the table. We actually don't know each other. We know about each other, and man, we feel electric with feeling. As we begin to establish safety in one another, you're going to be there. You're not going to cheat on me. You tell the truth. The excitement will fade. So how do we, how do we invest in that excitement? How do we invest in eros? How do we invest in feeling and in that erotic energy in the house? We're going to get to really know each other really well. So set up that up as a foundation. Just call it out. <laughs> we got married. We don't know each other. But I really want to get to know you. And over time, I'm going to become best friends in the world. And let's get off this island and let's go reconnect with people that we love. Hey, Carly, best of luck to you. You're my neighbor. Come by and see us anytime up here at the shop and uh, or at the studios and call any time. I have a personal, for whatever reason, I have a vested interest in this thing working out. So don't blow it, Carly. Uh, I'm here to help any way we can. Hang on the line. I'm going to send you a bunch of questions for humans. And I'm going to send you Financial Peace University and the Every Dollar app so that y'all can at least start your new marriage and get your finances squared away too. And that's going to force y'all into some conversations that um, many couples won't have with one another. Appreciate you. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you, or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right. Hey, we're back. Hey, listen, I put out a, a note, I guess, on a, on a Kelly like a few episodes ago. I mentioned, I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be about a month later. I just asked, hey, would people be interested in like a nice leather-bound marriage journal, like strategic planning journal, like the weekly, the weekly meetings, like I have never received so much positive, like, uh, it's, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. And so, you know, I gave you the sheet with all the tally marks. I was going to tell you today, easily since then 40 more. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, on in, and that's in, just on email, Instagram on, on, uh, they just think hundreds on YouTube. Amazing. Y'all have spoken. We're going to get that thing out, and it's going to be incredible. And uh, my hope is it's a gift that will help transform your marriages, make them stronger, um, let them last, and um, that you'll be able to pass along to your kids so they can see. Like, here's what mom and dad wrestled with. Here's who they were. Here's the things they thought were important. And it will give your kids a little bit of peace as they enter into their relationships into the future. It's awesome. Thank y'all for reaching out, man. It's the, the response. Is just, <laughs> it's been overwhelming. All right, let's go out to Chicago and talk to CJ. Hey, CJ, what's up, man? Dr. John, good to hear from you, bro. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what's How up? you doing? I'm, dude, I'm doing great. How about you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm talking to you, bro. Let's go. Come on now. <laughs> what's up? What's up? How can I help, man? All right. All right. So, um, let me walk you through it. So this, let's talk, let's talk. So, um, this question is going to be a sexual question in nature, just so you know, just so, just so you're aware. Um, so in November, <laughs> Hold of on. have 20- you listened to the show ever, ever before? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think like half of them are, so it's all good, man. <laughs> you're good. Okay. Okay. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to, I just want to, you know, prime you, you know, so you're not caught off guard or anything, right, right, you know, bring but, it. Uh, who, who can catch you off guard? Okay. So yeah, it's a in t- November, that's a, t- that's a tough thing to get. Yes. Go, go for it. Go oh, for absolutely. It. Absolutely. Okay. So November of 2022, uh, my wife and I got married. Um, we were, we were, um, Christians and virgins when we got married. Um, and that was, that was great. Um, but then what happened was, um, we quickly found out once, um, we were married that, 
um, she suffers from a condition known as uh, vaginismus. Yeah, of course. Um, sure. And uh, do, you, do you need me to kind of walk through what that is? You no, want to I know, it? I know, I know. Yeah, it's it's a. I'll say it's common, but it's. I'm trying to think. The last I looked, like seven to ten percent ish or so. It's a sexual pain disorder, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Where there's involuntary vaginal muscle spasms that make penetration impossible or very difficult. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also has a really, really high, again, this is the last I've looked and I'm not an expert in this, but it's a really high, um, treatment success rate off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so yes. So y'all, y'all waited for like this one, this one moment, the music plays and then, uh, oh, my wife's in pain, my wife's in pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So actually, um, we we didn't get a chance to do uh, any kind of you know penetrative sex or anything like that okay. um, in uh, kind of at the beginning. And uh, actually, it, it took us kind of a few a few months to figure out what this condition actually is. But the result of that is we have not actually been able to have sexual intercourse the entirety of our marriage, John. Um, so has she been seeking treatment? Yes. So she's been doing a great job. Uh, when, once we figured out, um, that's kind of what it was, or once we had the suspicion, she started going to the doctor, um, and she got officially diagnosed with that. And then she works with, uh, both a, a counselor, like a, like sort of a sexual psychologist and also a physical therapist and also like a gynecologist that she works with. Um, so she has kind of the gauntlet of doctors that she's working with, which is great. Okay. But you're working on more than a year plus. Right. Is there something, is there something a layer deeper here? Well, um, basically John, my, my question for you, that kind of leads us to now is that how can I be, um, the best husband that I can be, um, right now in this season, um, while she's working through everything. Cause you know, obviously I have my own, uh, sort of wants and desires, which are, you know, I think perfectly natural and, and, you know, everything I want to have, you know, a full sexual relationship with my wife. Um, but that's just not possible right now. And so, yeah, my question is how can I learn to, to be a good husband, to support and encourage her in this season while also managing my own uh, expectations in this time? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, you're, you're using really elevated, um, almost distant language as a way, and mm-hmm. here's what it sounds like. It feels like, A, you're trying to protect mm-hmm. yourself. A, you never, ever, 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 ever want to talk bad about your wife, which I think is noble and good. And mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. trying to very carefully, in a very careful culture, say, like, I'm dying over here, man. I waited my whole life to have sex for with one person, and I can't do it, and, it's, and I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know all three of those things are okay. All three mm-hmm. of those. You're not, you. you're, there's, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you, dude. The only thing I would say mm-hmm. is I think you're doing a pretty, well, I would call a heroic effort, but I don't mean you're being a hero. I'm saying you're, what you're doing is you're doing something very difficult, which is trying to keep all of this disappointment and frustration at arm's length. Okay. Okay. And in a okay. weird, weird way, um, you're going to start, your body's going to start taking over because it's, it's going to assume you're not getting the message at how big of a deal this is. Mm-hmm. And you'll start feeling anxious. You'll start feeling unable to sleep. You'll start getting short and snappy. And it will start mm-hmm. this weird dance between you and your wife. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's put, let's put, um, am, am I on to something right there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I don't think I'm, you know, it was harder in the beginning when we didn't know what it was. Right. Sure. Um, and when she wasn't seeking treatment, Hey, let's be honest. 
it doesn't happen night one. doesn't happen night two. doesn't happen on your whole honeymoon. Right. And yeah, yeah. you go to the bathroom and look in the mirror and go, oh, no. Right? Yeah. You're oh, not yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. And you're not a bad mm-hmm. guy for that. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's a scary yeah, yeah. No, what, just, what just happened. And imagine <laughs> her. She's terrified too, right? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's both. Here's the challenge. Are y'all sharing the grief here? Mm-hmm. Because okay. here, and here's, here's the hard part about this. If she, any conversation you have, any frustration, any, how are things going turn into you being treated like you're accusing her. Let me, let me put it this way. If she is feeling mm-hmm. shame, guilt, fine. Cause mm-hmm. of course she wants to be a wife that, that is, has a wild, fun sexual relationship with her husband. Fair. Mm-hmm. If it turns into shame and then she blames you for it. And you have to be quiet. You have to, you learning, you're learning in year one of your marriage. I need to keep my feelings mm-hmm. to myself and shove them down as far as they'll go. Mm-hmm. Then your marriage is going to crash. Yeah. If yeah. she says, hey, I can't, like my, my, um, for whatever reason, my body is terrified of having something from the outside come inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And it shuts yep. the whole thing down. Is she able to go to yep. the OBGYN? Yeah, um, I can't, I can't remember exactly if it was an OBGYN. I think it was, uh, the gynecologist. It was like a gynecologist type thing. Yeah. 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 That's what that is. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mean, Shows is, what I know. Shows she, what I know. No, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Is she able to go through a full, a full, um, exam? No, no, she hasn't been able to. Okay. Yet. All right. All right. Has she walked through, is there any kind of conversation about where this may have stemmed from? Um, in terms of like in her past, no, there's no like, um, abuse, uh, history in her past or anything like that. Um, is there some really heavy religiosity that, um, that could be the case. I mean, we both grew up, you know, as, as Christians and, you know, really valuing sex, but I think what the pivot is. I think in a lot of Christian culture is sex goes from like a thing that's pretty much bad to something that's great and awesome as soon as you get married. Right. And I think that's just a really hard like pivot to make, you know, basically like literally overnight. Right. Well, and if it becomes your identity, I'm who I am because there's a thing I don't do. (laughs) Right. Versus I am who I am because, um, let me, let me say it this way. Like, mm-hmm. I am strong because I do squats. Right? And then one day you blow your yeah, knee out. every man ever. What, right. <laughs> what, one day you blow your knee out, you can't do squats anymore. You begin to ask yourself, oh, crap, who am I? But mm-hmm. if you say I'm strong because I go to the gym every day and I take care of my body, I'm a good steward of my body. Then you mm-hmm. blow your knee out and you're like, oh, that sucks. It's the worst. And you go through a dip and you go through like a low run and then you go back to the gym mm-hmm. and you do other things. Mm-hmm. If your identity is, I don't have sex before marriage, period. Yeah. And then, yeah. You, and then you do. It destroys who you are versus mm-hmm. my identity is I'm a good steward of my body and I want to stay safe. And because of the way like I want to keep my marriage with a particular level of holiness and I get to choose that dude. Now mm-hmm. we're on to something. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. Yeah, there's, absolutely. there's some identity like, but here's the deal. 
she's working with the right people um, and has, is, have, is having the conversations with the professionals and working with the professionals. And so I, what I would tell you is, brother, like the, the, the data, and again, it's been so long and I'm not an expert on this, but the data tells me this is a super, super treatable thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't want you to mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is forever. My next question for mm-hmm. you is, what is sex and intimacy besides penetration? What's it like? Is it rambunctious and fun and exciting, or is the whole thing a terror shutdown? Well, we do pretty well, John. <laughs> we try we try to be creative um, and uh, you know do stuff do stuff other than that. Obviously, because you know sex is way more than you know just that just that act in and of itself. Yep. Um, but I think sometimes what I struggle with, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Like like I'd, I'd love for you to tell me, but you know, there there are times for me where it just feels kind of, you know, incomplete, right? There are times where I'm like, okay, you know, there, yes. there's supposed You're not to be crazy. something kind of more here. You're not crazy. And so I think, yeah, yeah, that's a part that I kind of struggle with, I think, mm-hmm. um, at times. Yes. I think that struggle is okay and the struggle is real and that struggle, here, here's where the struggle becomes not okay. When mm-hmm. you shut it down and you lock it down and y'all are not able to talk about that struggle together. Mm, okay. And so the challenge okay. is, let me say, let me say it this way, and y'all been married a little over a year, so let me just mm-hmm. plant the seed in your marriage now. Secrets okay. will destroy your marriage; it'll kill you. Mm. Okay, and that means that we have to learn to hear hard things. Okay. Here's a good example: such as my um, wife has a book coming out, so her life has okay. been chaotic planning the book release party she's doing independent not like me i had a whole team she's a team of one things have gotten chaotic right and we've got school my son's gonna go to high school next year he's got the school play coming up my daughter's got x y and z i'm traveling all over the country things are chaotic yeah yeah and this morning um we went downstairs and she of course her car's got a flat tire so Mm -hmm. she cranks up the farm truck and is going to take the kids to school in the farm truck I say, no, I'm going to drive the farm truck. You drive the, my nice car. And she says, okay, great. Hey, you're going to need to stop at the gas station. It's only got a quarter tank left in it. I go, cool. That's easy. I go downstairs, and I get in the truck, and the light is on. It doesn't have a quarter tank. It has maybe to get me to the end of the driveway, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Now, right. She wasn't lying. She wasn't trying to be mean. She wasn't trying to set me up. In fact, she was trying to she was trying to take one for the team. And she just didn't she just forgot. Or maybe the truck gets such bad gas mileage that it was she was running it for a long time because it's cold this morning and maybe just burned it down. Here's all this to say. Um mm-hmm. I took a picture and put a smiley face and said, quarter tank, huh? Or something like that. And I and I made it LOL. <laughs> a, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. B mm-hmm. She could have taken that as, oh, I'm chastising her mm-hmm. because she felt embarrassed or shamed. But she didn't because I wasn't chastising her, right? I was telling mm-hmm. her, right. hey, there's not a quarter tank. There's no gas, right? And mm-hmm. she wrote back, and we, we had a, converse, a, quick, a quick interaction about how, what go, comes next. Here's what I'm telling you. You're going to have to be able to say the words not in a shame-inducing way, not in a pile-on kind of way, not in a way to try to embarrass her, but to be able to say, I can't wait for the day that we can have intercourse, that we can have sex. 
Yeah. Can't wait. And for her to be able to hear that and say, I'm sorry. I know I can't wait either. I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. And not immediately dump into, well, I feel bad and it's your fault you made me feel bad. And so then you stop saying what you need and what you feel. Right, because right mm -hmm. now it's about mm -hmm. vaginismus. Someday it's going to be about kids. Someday it's going to be about meals. Someday it's going to be about your work schedule. It's going to be about her work schedule. It's going to be about what her promotion, whatever the thing is going to be. And if y'all mm -hmm. learn early on, there's just things that I can't say to her because she can't handle it. Or there's things I can't say to him because he flies off the handle. Then what you do is you end up creating alternative relationships. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. You end yeah, up, you've heard me say this, but you end up two inches apart from each other on the couch, which are 2,000 miles away from each other. You're all very different people and had very different marriages. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is how can I say some of these things out loud? So I'll ask you, how is she? How is she with, with the conversation? I think, um, again, it, it's, it's gotten better knowing that there's a way out um, because it's like, you know, at the beginning when we didn't know what it was, it was, it was, it was definitely like, man, is this going to be what, is this going to be forever? Right. Oh be, yeah. Terrifying. You know, is this going to be like what it's going to be like? And then, you know, I started doing some, some, some digging as to, you know, what symptoms are and everything. And then there's like a way out. And now, um, you know, now that she's been going to, you know, physical therapy, now that she's been doing all these things, it's like, she's gotten a lot more comfortable with having the conversation as you say. Um, and, and, and really opening up to, you know, what, what we want in the future and, and, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. Is there a, and I'm not asking this in a gratuitous way. I'm asking this in an intimacy sure. way. Um, sure, sure. It, are you able to participate in physical therapy? Are you able to participate in some of those conversations? Um, when you say participate, like go to, like go to physical therapy or counseling, like with her mm -hmm. or. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her counselor actually said um, just this last time she went that I'm welcome to come along with her. Uh, as well, is that something that I sh that I should be doing? One thousand percent. Okay. Yes, because what the counselor is going to do okay. is give you all some language that you can use for one another um, okay. to combat both the anxiety and the phobia and the shame, and to be able mm -hmm. to okay, we're going to go slow, and maybe the first time you, you get halfway and you stop. Yeah. yeah. And how are you going to respond? I'm going to be disappointed, and I'm going to be supportive. Mm -hmm. Both things are true at the same time. And okay. I'm going to make okay. sure that fill in the blank X and Y and Z. And here's our, here's our plan. Here's our exit strategy. Right. And, okay. but yeah, I think that'd be amazing. And maybe you go to counseling and you just are quiet mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe you go to counseling and she has to turn and say, Hey, I didn't tell you this about my childhood. Mm, okay. And maybe she turns and looks at you and says, Hey, I didn't tell you this, but mm -hmm. who knows, who knows? But yes, I think if, mm -hmm. if it's a, it's often a veiled, um, invitation. Hey, the counselor said it'd be mm -hmm. great if you want to come with me next time. Mm -hmm. That's her saying, would you please come? Sure. So yeah, okay. I would definitely go. And I would put okay. it out there. Anytime I can come to physical therapy, anytime I can come mm -hmm. to any of those appointments, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to get out of work and come with you. Okay. The same as if this was rehab for a knee, the same as if this was, mm -hmm. she suddenly became incontinent for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. All the, like, this is yeah, for, yeah. this is for better or worse for sickness and health. I'm going to be right here with you. Mm -hmm. This just is extra sensitive because on the back end, when everything works out, then y'all got to have sex, right? It just, and yeah. it makes the whole thing like, <laughs> uh, I can't say that out loud. Yes, you can. You can. You can. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you, okay. uh, it's your spirits impressive. I appreciate you because that sounds like you really honor and love this woman. 
Oh yeah. 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 With, with all my heart, John, I mean, I've, I've, you know, it's, we all had a picture, you know, we both had a picture of what we thought, you know, we, we wanted things to be like in terms of sex and all that stuff, especially as, you know, Christians and virgins and stuff. And it, it just wasn't that. And so, um, you know, to be on this journey, I guess a journey, I suppose you'd call it, you know, it's been, uh, nobody wants to go on. Nobody wants this journey. (laughs) Nobody wants this. No, no, absolutely. Yes. No, no, no. People opt into like, let's climb Mount Everest. People did not opt into this one. Right. Um, but, but here you are. (laughs) That's right. And so I, the, the only thing I'll challenge you on is to not use distancing language. Okay. You love your wife and man, she's a trooper. She's a brave woman. Go like all those appointments. Those things suck, dude. Having all these conversations is the worst. And she, oh, I yeah. promise, and she hates the doctor. She hates the doctor, John. Oh I, man, well, she like just, get, a, get just another doctor. In general, see, get another doctor. Well, I mean, no, no, no. Like just in general, like oh, like just, you know, any doctor. She she hates like taking medicine when she has a cold. Like yeah. that's how she is. <laughs> and it sounds like again, I don't want to be an armchair because we're we're two or three people removed here. But it sounds like that any foreign object entering your wife, whether it's a pill whether it's you, mm-hmm. whether it's anything, mm-hmm. uh, an OBGYN, whether it's a tampon, whatever it happens to be, her body mm-hmm. says no. Right? Yeah, that's right. Her body says yep. no. And so... Yeah, that's the hard thing too because at the beginning, I thought it was like, I thought it was me. That's right. That's right. That's right. It felt like a rejection of me, yes. right? Yes. Um, but you and, know, I, and I CJ, know now that it's not Most that. men never get over what you just said. So I'm proud of you. That you didn't mm. make her mm. pain all about you. Good for you. Mm. And dude, you can Thank be you. really disappointed that you're not having sex. That sucks. Sure, it just sure. does, right? Yeah. Both things are yeah. true. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Keep walking with her. Keep holding Thank her you, hand. Man. As much as as she is comfortable with you participating in any like counseling, PT, any of that, um, accept that invitation and and do whatever she can. But I want to challenge you both to create a world where, um. Can we say the disappointments out loud? Can we say our frustrations out loud? Can we say the things that break our heart and make us sad out loud? The same as we're going to say the wins out loud. I know married couples mm-hmm. who, when somebody gets a big bonus, they can't even tell their spouse because the spouse gets jealous. Mm. Like, how can we create a world where it's okay? And I know that when you say, did you like that meal? You'd be like, I still wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Have we discussed... What's the best way you want to hear news that's going to be hard for you to hear? Mm. She might say, not in the moment. She might say, never, never tell me that ever. And be like, well, we can't do that. Um, She may tell you, just give it to me. But just be kind about it. You don't have to be a jerk. Like Whatever the thing is, come up with that plan inside your home. Because unfortunately, I wish I could tell you, man, it's just all good. After this, it's just all going to work out. There's going to be challenges that hit hit y'all all the way through. That's just the, the nature of marriage, the nature of all relationships. Work, family, friends, romantic, all of them. Whew. And for everybody else who's listening to this, if there is any sort of sexual pain, sexual discomfort, um, if intimacy hurts, please, please go see somebody. Go talk to somebody. Talk to a licensed professional. You're worth that conversation. As embarrassing it might be, as hard as it might be, as uncomfortable as it might be, you're worth that conversation. Go have that conversation. You're worth it. Thanks for the call, CJ. Call me anytime, brother. We'll be right back. This show is brought to you by Hallow. 
almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallow, my go-to app for guided prayer, music, and meditation. And right now, I'm going through a particularly stressful time. I got big deadlines, big speeches coming up in front of thousands of people, end of school and other family transitions, and on and on. And recently, I made a decision amidst all the chaos to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices, and Hallow is leading the way. Hallow is the number one prayer and meditation app in the world. They have 10,000-plus audio-guided prayers and meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, daily psalm readings, daily writings, minute meditations, and more. And there are places for people in Hallow who are skeptical and new to this whole faith conversation, and there's places for those who have been swimming in these waters their entire life and who just want to go deeper. And... There are stories, audiobooks, and other special things for kids and focuses on mental and emotional health. For listeners of the Dr. John Deloney Show, Hallow will give you three free months. That's all 10,000 plus prayers, meditations, music, lecture series, all of it. Three free months. If you go to hallow.com slash Deloney. That's hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go out to San Antonio and talk to Veronica Mars. Hey, Veronica, what's up? Hello. How are we um, doing? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, hopping on here. We had somebody cancel last minute, and I appreciate you uh, joining us. What's up? Well, um, <laughs> I um, I hope I don't come as uh, as just thinking about myself in this call, but I guess I might need some hard truths. My question is... Hold on, Veronica. Before, hold on. <laughs> Veronica, before you ask, who told yeah. you that thinking about you is bad? What? Somebody told you that well, just thinking you know about what? Veronica is no good. I know. I was not expecting that, but... Who told but you that? Just after listening to the previous call, it's kind of hard to think, well, you know, uh, I should, uh, <laughs> you know, why am I just thinking about my perspective? So I said, I may hear some hard truths in this call, but um, I said, All we'll right. find out. I think your perspective matters, but go ahead. All right, go ahead. Go for it. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's important to me. And that's the reason why I sent this question. So my question is, um, should I continue to force my teenage sons to attend church? We've been having this discussion for a long time where I have to be nagging, where I have to be telling them we're going to mass at a specific time. Like that's the only thing that I kind of won't let them get out of um, in addition to going to school. But but it's this constant battle and there's this debate, especially with my 15-year-old son, who uh, I think the more I push it, the more resistant they are. And I really don't want to push them away from religion or from um, having or finding a connection, you know, with God. But um, I, I just don't know which better way to get them closer or, and I know that, you know, well, I come from a religious family, but, but, I have found throughout the years, especially as I'm older, that um, that just having this church connection gives me uh, some 
food for my spirit, and that has helped me so much on the hard times. So my hope for them is that whenever they're older and they're going through hard times, or even now, that if they lose hope in the world, that they can just, you know, be able to say, God loves me, and kind of reach out, have that kind of connection. But I'm not sending the message somehow. Um, um, I just feel like, like we just keep talking about it, and there's no... No, uh, no agreement. No, I'm, we're not going anywhere with this. Okay. Hey, you're not crazy. <laughs> a great question. And I promise you millions and millions and millions of moms across the country. are asking themselves that same question. So thank you for being brave. Okay. Where's, um, what's dad's opinion on, on all this? Um, well, he says, actually, <laughs> um, um, yes, he supports my statement. Like sometimes I've been having to like call and say, Hey, can you please talk to them or something? Right. So he supports the fact that, yes, they need to continue. Yes, they need to go. Uh, but the example shows a different way. That's, hey, all, that's all I care about. Yeah. Cause your kids yeah. see like, you, uh, your, your boys see you when things get tough in your life, they see you pray. They see you go to church. Mm-hmm. They see you talk to your church friends. When things go sideways yeah. in their dad's life, they do not see that. They see him turn to other things. Yes. So it doesn't matter what he's saying. It matters what he's doing. I had one great psychologist that I worked with um, as part of a practicum. And he told me, Dr. Gomez, he told me, the kids don't listen to you. They watch you. So if you want a particular behavior out of your kids, if you want them to treat people right, to treat people with honor and dignity, if you want them to work hard, then you work hard. Then you treat people with dignity and respect. If you want people to, if you want your kids to believe that faith is a central part of a well-lived life, then they have to see that reflected in their parents. Otherwise, it's just it's just a thing I got to get up and go do on Sunday morning and I'm tired. Yeah. And so I don't like the word force, okay? Um, but you have every right to say, if you're going to live in my house, you're going to live by my rules. And in my house, on Sunday morning, we go to church. The conversation's over. We're not having the conversation anymore. That's what we do. Okay. And you're going to ride with me. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say when you're 18, you can choose to make the choices that you want to make. When they, when they're eighteen and out of my house, because yep. if I'm, they're still my dependent. That's right. And, <laughs> hey, no. and if they graduate high school and they decide to not go to college and they're just going to crash at mom's house, cool. Every Sunday morning, you're going to come to uh, church with me. Yes. And you have to make peace with. They're growing men, and they are looking at dad as to what am I supposed to look like on a day to day basis. And so they're, they're going to take a large, um, like, that's going to be the picture that they just naturally want to emulate. And so maybe the bigger conversation is with your husband. Maybe not. Maybe that's a fruitless conversation. You may have had that a million times. <laughs> but here's, 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 I have no data to back up what I'm about to say, okay? This is anecdotal. But what I notice a lot is barring some sort of like 
assault or so, like a, a big internal trauma, okay? What often matters for kids in their continuation of participating in faith activities, still believing and not only just, I believe in God, but living that out, mm-hmm. including church attendance. Often it's congruence. Do you know what that word means? Please expand congruence as far as... Ba- basically, is my mom and dad the same person at home as they are pretending to be in this church building place? Yes. Okay, I get it. And in church, if they're sitting there and the pastor is saying, you have to ask for forgiveness. And you go home and mom and dad never ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If they go to church and they say, you have to have mercy. You have to keep your eyes open for people on the margins that society is kicked to the side. Mm-hmm. And you have to invite them into your home. Then they come home and all they hear is you making fun of people who are different than you, who have less than you, who have different ways of seeing the world than you. Then it's incongruent. It doesn't match. Yes. And they don't want anything to do with the, the lack it, it, the, the lack of congruence, the lack of things matching feels unsafe to a kid. So they opt out. Yes. And then they just do what they see. And if they see dad with a 12-pack on Saturday nights and kind of stumbling through the morning unshaven, grabbing a cup of coffee, that's, that's the road they're going to take. That's the map they have. Yeah, I think part of what they say is the incongruence that they see, I mean, not not with the family activity as much, you know, I mean, I can see several areas, but uh, but with just the religion in general. Yeah, and some of that is, I want 15 and 16 and 17, 18 and 25 year olds, I want people to have that. Yeah. Because a lot of times churches have completely failed in that. They are incongruent. They're, 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 in, they're, embarrassing and disgustingly incongruent. Yes. How often have you seen people <laughs> or heard churches and you think, are we reading the same book? Mm-hmm. Right? So they're right. They're right. And they're also, by the way, faith feels really heavy to you. They're also noticing this with their politicians and they're noticing this with their teachers. Oh, definitely. Right? It's different when you're 17 and you start to recognize a hangover and then you see your social studies teacher come in one one Monday morning. And you're like, oh, <laughs> right? Like, oh, you're a person. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And so you, you, they're, they're, they're coming of age to be able to see the world, begin to slowly see the world as it really is. And picking on church, a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, that's, that's an easy thing. That doesn't bother me when a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 25-year-old says 15 or 16 or 25-year-old things. It's okay. What I want you, what, what I'd love for them is to be able to articulate it and for you to be honest. Yeah. The Bible does say they're going to know each other by how we love one another, and we are really mean to other Christians. We're awful. We are supposed to take care of widows and orphans, and we don't. Or maybe yeah. we do. Maybe we do, right? But I think it's being honest about those things. And when your kid feels heard and they don't feel like you're trying to cover up the, like you're a politician trying to cover up the negative stuff and just like, look at the good, look at the good, look at the good. Then they're more willing to sit in that that authenticity. Yep, there is some evil out there. There is some folks who claim one thing and they're living completely different. You're right. 
There's a lot of that on both sides of the aisle. It's, it's, it's just all over the place. And as for me and my house, this is who we're going to be. Yeah, I think it's a hard thing for me to to set boundaries with them um, on or rules, hard rules. So this has been probably the area where I have the most why? hard rules about them continuing to attend. Why, why, why are you um, scared to love your kids with boundaries? Um, um, I don't know. Um, they love my kids with boundaries. Wow. <laughs> um, the greatest gift you can give your boys is boundaries. It's the greatest gift. Okay. I'll see it as a gift and not as a gift. And Veronica, I grew up four hours from you. I grew up four hours from you. I know. It's hard. It's very, very hard. And you feel like every time I put up a boundary, I am severing my relationship with them. You're not. You're building deep, deep roots. And 16-year-olds say 16-year-old things like, that's stupid. Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? They say stuff like that because they're 16. That's why as a society, we don't let them vote or buy beer. Because they're 16, right? <laughs> I think, and it's also because it's so different than than the way I grew up, mm-hmm. right? So I would never dare to say anything back to my parents, you know, or or say it's a waste of my time or, you know. So, it, so I guess the change is also kind of hard, the expectation of how come you're pushing back so much, like, Here's why, here's why kids push back, because they want to see if it's going to hold. Yep, that's true. They want to see if it's going to hold. Well, these are persistent teenagers. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But here's the thing. You cave a lot, don't you? Yes. Yes. Yes, so I have. why wouldn't they push? That's how you've trained them. And by the way, that's going to make them a lot of money when they become salesmen. It's gonna well, make them. I hope so. It's gonna make them powerful <laughs> CEOs. We can't do it. It's impossible, and they're gonna be like, "Nothing's impossible," right? Yeah. That's, that's how you it's trained so them. I feel a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have to show them there are things in relationships that I don't move on. If you can live in my house, I don't. I don't. I don't. We we go to church on Sunday. It's just how that rolls here. If you live in my house, we're going to fill in the blank. Any, any number of things, fill in the blank there. In my house, you can swear and run your mouth out with your buddies. I can't stop you out there. In this house, we don't curse at each other, period. In this house, everybody sits around the table for dinner, period. In this house, we turn the phones off at this time, period. And make those boundaries. That's so dumb. I can't even believe it's a waste of time, hypocrite. I, okay, you can say whatever you want. I don't care if you like me. I need you to know that I love you and my job is to keep you safe for as long as I can in whatever way I can. And so you're right on. I, again, I bristle at the word force. I want to back up. So I guess at the end of the day, like if they keep pushing and pushing, you can't force a 16 year old into a car. He's a big kid. Like physically, I cannot force you into this. I can force my eight year old daughter. She's little and I've got bigger muscles than her. Boundaries are good. And if they choose, I'm not getting in that car and I'm not going to church. Cool. You've chosen to any number of consequences. I'm going to hold you accountable. And you made that choice, teenager, not me. So we're going to go. 
And then maybe the harder conversation is, Dad, are we living on a day-to-day basis the things that we are saying we value to these kids? And I know that's a tough conversation. It's really tough. Love your kid with boundaries. Be firm. Let him see, hey, this is important to mom. Hopefully dad gets on board, says, I'm going to start living this too. That's tough, man. Teenagers are tough. Hang in there, Veronica. We're lucky to have you. Put up some boundaries and hold firm. They're worth it. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Deloney here. Listen, this is not some sales gimmick. I'm telling you the truth. There are only a few tickets left for the Money and Marriage Getaway this October 24th through the 26th. It's here in Nashville, Tennessee, and me and my friend Rachel Cruz and a bunch of other guests are going to spend two and a half incredible days digging deep into topics like communication, money, sex and intimacy, and more. You're going to be able to ask all of your real-life questions during multiple Q&As. If you come and don't get your questions answered, it will be because you didn't ask them. And by the way, these Q&As get real. This is not just some lame, cheesy marriage getaway. This is an opportunity to invest in your marriage, and I promise you, you won't regret it. So again, join me, Rachel Cruz, and hundreds of motivated couples just like you for a weekend that will change your marriage. VIP and platinum tickets are long gone, but there are some general admission tickets remaining. They're $799. Get them at RamseySolutions.com slash getaway. All right, we're back. Hey, I asked you guys to send me cool things that are happening. Good stories. So much of this show is about stuff that's hard and people are struggling. I asked you to send in and y'all sent some amazing stories. So new segment time called Cool Stuff That Happened. We have it as Cool Crap That Happened. Cool Crap That Happened. CCTH. All right. All right. All right, let's do it. All right. Hi, John. This is Jessica from Yakima, Washington. That was the nicest you've ever said hi, John. Because it was someone else. You were pretending to be somebody else. Yeah, Yeah. It's the nicest that that phrase, (laughs) hi, John, has ever come out of Kelly's mouth. I'm writing because I want to share some cool crap that happened. My bestie and I are loyal listeners, and we have had your books, and our families play questions for humans on a regular basis. Our cool crap that happened is that with your show with Michael Easter really inspired us to get rucking. Our rucks came in about three weeks ago, and we have been rucking ever since. Then we got even more inspired and are now doing the Susan G. Komen Foundation 60-mile walk in three days in November to help raise funds to fight breast cancer. Wow. So from Team Mother Rucker in Yakima, Washington, keep on rocking till the break of dawn. Thank you for your show. We laugh, we cry, and man, do we learn a lot. That's amazing. Look at that cool stuff. Way to go. And my good, good buddy, man, Michael Easter, he's just out there changing the world slowly, slowly and surely. But good for y'all. That's awesome. Man. And from someone who's had breast cancer, thank you to Jessica and her friend very much. I I appreciate that. Team Mother Rucker. Isn't that awesome? Gotta say that one slow. Gotta say that slow. Hey, love y'all. Stay out of trouble. Go to school. Bye.